The gospel story you just heard read may seem a little odd to hear today because it presumes that the Magi have already visited the Holy Family, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and have departed away. But we don't actually celebrate that until January 6th, and so consequently we won't celebrate it here at Holy Family until a week from today. So this is sort of reverse order for these two Sundays. But that's the way that our lectionary is set up, and the lectionary is the schedule of readings that the Episcopal Church and many other Christian denominations share. So if the primary time, perhaps even the only time, that you hear scriptures read or read scriptures is on a Sunday morning, you may not be very familiar with this story, because the second Sunday of Christmas doesn't come around very often. It has to do with what day of the week Christmas Day falls. So, this is the story of Joseph learning in dreams how to protect Jesus and Mary, and how they're supposed to move around quite a distance to stay out of the clutches of the Romans. What's interesting in this story are a number of features. One is that the writer of the Gospel of Matthew just uses the names for Joseph and the two kings, the corrupt kings, Herod and Achaelius. It's as if for a brief time, a few verses, Matthew forgets the name of Jesus and forgets the name of Mary. It's the child and his mother, even though the names were used just a few verses before. So it's this interesting almost silence around who Joseph is taking care of. And I don't think it's because we're supposed to disregard Jesus and Mary, but I think it's to draw our attention to Joseph, what Joseph is up to in this passage, in these verses. And he has a key role. He is to listen to the nameless angel and follow God's guidance as to how to keep Jesus and Mary safe. And it's quite a task he's given, because going from Bethlehem to Egypt is around 300 miles. This is not just a crossing the street or going to the next town. It is a remarkable journey that they are asked to undertake. It's supposed to remind us of the journey hundreds of years before, of Moses leading the now free slaves of, uh, in Egypt to Israel, to the Promised Land. And so we have this very careful and carefully described connection between Moses and Jesus. So we'll repeat over and over in the Gospel of Matthew. But what's interesting to me is that this journey has no details. I would love to know how they navigated this. They didn't have a guiding star like the Magi did. They didn't have a roadmap, certainly. They would have to ask directions. And you can insert here all jokes about men not willing to ask for directions, but somehow Joseph overcame that. Maybe Mary did the asking. And they found their way to Egypt. But there were no McDonald's or Holiday Inns along the way. Instead, what would have happened is that 
the Holy Family would have depended upon the kindness of the people they encountered along the road. Some may have been residents along the road in a village or a small settlement. Others may have been other travelers coming the same way or the opposite way. And they would have been able to get from these folks directions, food, and water, and the latest gossip about where the Roman troops were so they could avoid those, and then continue on their way to Egypt. And then once they arrived in Egypt, they, they weren't going to go visit family. They weren't going to go use their carefully networked contacts. Instead, they were arriving as strangers. And so they were going to, once again, depend upon strangers to let them know where to live, how to earn a living. Presumably, Joseph could work as a carpenter if his degree he earned in Israel counted in Egypt for carpentry. We don't know. But he could ask and find out. And so what's not written in this story, but certainly the first listeners would have been aware of, is the total dependence that the Holy Family had upon people who, in the story, are unnamed, unknown, undescribed. That for weeks of travel, the Holy Family was dependent on strangers. For perhaps even a couple years of residence in Egypt, the Holy Family was dependent upon strangers. And then it's reversed as the Holy Family travels back to Israel, eventually to Nazareth, dependent upon strangers. And so, as much as we might like to see Jesus as a superhero, as we might want to see Mary and Joseph as the ultimate, perfect, powerful parents, instead, we have all three being very, very vulnerable and very susceptible to arrest and even death to starvation, to dying of thirst, to getting lost. And rather than having supernatural knowledge, they have to depend upon their fellow humans. They have to depend upon strangers. And I think that the reason why there are so few names in this passage is so that we insert ourselves as the current listeners and ponderers of the scripture, we insert ourselves into the place, the role of Joseph, and know for ourselves how dependent we are upon the guidance of God and the day-to-day -day interdependence with our fellow human beings. That over and over in our lives, we need other people. Literally on a daily basis, we do. If we want to use electricity, or eat food, or any other number of things in an urban environment, almost everything we do is interconnected with other people, and really with all of creation. And that's one of the things that the author of the Gospel of Matthew wants us to connect with. The other place where we can enter into this story is the faceless stranger, is how much God needs us to take care of the strangers among us. That we enter this story as the fellow travelers with Joseph and Mary and Jesus. 
we enter this story as the villagers along the way who offer water and food and a place to sleep. We enter into this story as the people in Egypt who welcome this strange family from Israel and make them a part of the community so that Jesus is safe and starts to grow up well. We get to enter in all these different moments and enter into it to be inspired as to how to live our own lives today. That, like Joseph, we have to listen to God's guidance, and like the unnamed, undescribed strangers in this story, we have to reach out to a stranger among us, whether it's in our neighborhood or in the whole wide world. That the presumption of hospitality, of interdependence, of risk that fills these sparse verses is there to help us know how to live today. Now, few of us need to, by foot, walk 300 miles tomorrow in order to save our lives. I hope none of us in this room today have to. But day in and day out, we have to make decisions about how are we going to share God's love. How does God dream that we will live? How can we best be Christians in an everyday world? And for that, we can be inspired by Joseph and maybe listen to a dream or have a sense of God's leading or just be quiet long enough so an angel can whisper in our ear. And more serendipitously, we get to also encounter the Holy Family in our lives. We get to encounter people who are seeking shelter, people who are seeking protection, people who are seeking meaning in their lives, and offer to them a generous hospitality so that God's love may be experienced by them and another family is protected and cared for. So in these very sparse verses, we have a model for the Christian life today. It doesn't involve a sandy trek, but it involves journeys just as important. Journeys towards greater faithfulness towards God, journeys towards greater generosity towards our fellow humans, journeys towards being better people as we seek to live the way that Christ would have us live. Following the examples of people who are named and unnamed in the scriptures, and throughout human history, people who lived lives of generosity and faithfulness, of courage and goodwill, are role models for our lives today, even as they walked so many thousands of years ago. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.